0: Hey, Bill. Hey, Sam. How you guys doing tonight? Evening, gents. How are you? Good. How's that sound? I've got some headphones if I need to put them in, but if this is all right, we'll go ahead.
1: Bill, that sounds good to me, Sam. You're coming in clear, so I think we're good there, but I'll let Bill. He's running the production. <laughs> Bill, you there?
2: I should turn my mic on.
1: There
2: (laughs) you a rookie. I haven't done this before. (laughs) Jesus. Let's start over. (laughs)
1: Amateur hour, Bill. I mean, I thought you'd done this before.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to USA Rugby Happy Hour Live. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, We've got two big-hitting Major League Rugby fly halves joining us. Uh, rugby New York's Sam Windsor and Seattle Seawolves' AJ Alatimu, and I will ask him later if I said that right. Um, we are here to talk about their upcoming match uh, this weekend against each other, and which obviously is a rematch of last year's Shield final. It should be a doozy, as I've heard somewhere online. Uh, to get updates on future shows, uh, you know, uh, and news about USA Rugby, Major League Rugby, and more, follow Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning here on Twitter and other social media channels. And also do us a favor, share the show with your friends. Uh, you know, the more the merrier. Share the love. I am Bill Baker of Eagles Overseas, and my co-host is Rugby Morning's John. John? John, is your name John? John Fitzpatrick. What's up, John? What's up, Fitzy? <laughs> it
1: depends on uh, which creditor is coming after me. That's, uh,
2: well, yeah. well, I feel like you actually played rugby tonight. I feel like I'm the one got hit in the head. How are, how are you feeling I am so freaking sore right now. (laughs) And you were just playing touch, right? Yeah,
1: I was just playing touch, but uh, I hadn't really run around like that in in a couple of years. It felt good to get out there. My fitness was good, but man, I am sore, but it was fun.
2: Yeah, Nice, nice. I, I'm actually jealous. I, I, I got to get out again, but uh, I, I went for actually a, a nice little walk slash jog slash hike. went through some hills around my neighborhood, Yeah, and I'm still that slow ACL recovery for me. I could be pushing it, but I don't know. I feel like I'm going to, I don't know, pull something in and I'm in the woods and a, a cougar comes out and kills me. I don't know, I don't know. Well, but My mind goes places. You'll,
1: uh, <laughs> you'll love this because, you know, I play in, in Washington, D.C. There's a group that plays every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. And, nice. Uh, Ben Sima rolled out there, former oh no former way, Eagle, former
2: Seattle Sewell. former Seattle player,
1: yeah. Yeah, he it looks like he could still play, man. He was running really well out there, and you could just tell like he was head and shoulders and waist and knees better than everyone.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, and he probably late. He probably like you know didn't even try hard against you.
1: The, the
2: locks were flowing. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was it was cool. Any like um, sixty meter kicks or anything like that. Didn't it wasn't Ben good for that. He was. We played on a short was.
1: field because
2: we didn't have much space. But uh, so, yeah, but it was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it. All right. Listen, I think we need to get right into it. Again, we got a lot to talk about talk about with these two guests today. Uh, just a quick couple of notes, everybody. We are streaming live also on Facebook Live, Instagram Live and YouTube. I believe last week I didn't hit the right button and we didn't go live on Instagram, but I believe we are live on there. And I will look once Fitzy takes over a question or two. Um, if you are listening on those platforms, you can DM us a question and we'll get do the best to get them on the show. Or if you want to ask a question live, you need to jump over to Twitter Spaces and join us here. Uh, and to do so, at the bottom left of the screen, you'll see a uh, mic thing says request to speak. Go ahead and request it. And we'll get you up here as soon as possible to ask uh, Fitzy or myself, um, and especially our guests, questions. Uh, we love having you, the listeners, drive this show. Uh, with that said, let's, let's jump right into it. Our first guest tonight, still riding the uh, Major League Rugby Shield High, let's say, is Rugby New York Ironworkers Fly Half, Sam Windsor. Oh, well, Sam, how are you, man? Pleasure to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining us. You know, I, I was reading your Twitter bio, um, and there's one part that uh, kind of laughed a little bit. And I didn't laugh. I was intrigued appreciator of sneakers is that why you're playing
0: in new york isn't that like the sneaker one of the many sneaker mechas i guess (laughs) of the states houston where i spent obviously four years five years was uh was pretty popular you know sneakers are pretty popular down there as well but it's just a, a bigger community here in new york i guess and uh i've probably got my brother to blame originally and then my wife probably reignited that uh that love of sneakers by by buying me a few pairs a few years ago, and unfortunately, it's I mean it's not a bad habit to have. It's healthy, I guess. But uh, yeah, a, yeah, I appreciate a, I appreciate a good oh. sneaker. Jordan's probably obviously up there with with the best, but but there's oh, uh, a bunch of other companies are coming out now with with some heat, and uh, yeah, I just uh, I like to look at them, I guess have you been over to um Club yeah and Broadway? So I'm, an, I'm a big i'm not a big believer of the resale and and having to pay 10 times the price yeah. for a pair of shoes. so if, oh God, if it's yeah. meant to be i get them at retail and if not then uh you know oh well next one <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: yeah, 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 and not to not to age myself or give away my age, but uh, when I was playing basketball in high school, my mother bought me the oh. original Air Jordans. Uh, if I would have held on to those, you'd probably find them in sure. flight club yeah. right now, <laughs> so. five or six figures. That's what they go for. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, at no. least at least. <laughs> Uh, I I did see also many of the players from uh, rugby New York were out and about um, like late last month in Manhattan trying to raise attention to the club. You know, pan, I
0: don't know, busking, panhandling, whatever yeah, else. We had, were you uh, part of that? It was a bit of a, I guess, a team bonding <laughs> little group group exercise we spent the night uh around times square and did some team building stuff and then we got given uh a list of things that we had to accomplish over the course of the day so split into mini teams and sent on our way through all five boroughs to try and get photos bus for some money uh visit some visit some of the sites nice. and landmarks of the city um so it was great you know, a lot of guys we got a fair few new guys in the team so it was a great chance for them to get out and, and
2: experience new york uh, in its truest form is, now is that part of your contract? You get an X amount of
0: dollars and whatever. you get. I, think, I, I, I hope the boys donated it to the team kitty. Um,
2: you know, <laughs> we're an oh, honest bunch,
0: yeah. so I'm, I'm sure I'll find it somewhere. <laughs> All
2: right, let's let's get into the group. Let's get into play. Let's let's talk rugby New York. A, a number of changes in the off season. Uh, I guess we'll start with uh, um, the name change first. What do you think about the whole uh, the Iron Workers? It's, it's, the I love
0: team. it. It's probably been an unofficial, maybe an internal name for the team the last couple of years so this year uh rick and the the organization put a lot of effort into to bring it to life and make it public so um we draw a lot of similarities to the iron workers in new york and and the work they do you know to create this city and and you know make it famous around the world so um to the teamwork aspect of it you know the group aspect um and and you know changing the skyline is is something that that we're about so um really relative and and quite a powerful message for us to to take into this season and hopefully the fans can get behind it and, and understand a bit more about us as a team
2: yeah it sounds like they are all right second on the list for me and then fitzy has got a couple also um you have a new head coach uh jane sample you know talk about what james brings to the team you know what's been his overall message to the club leading into um, the season
0: it, it's been great he's been he's quite a young coach uh for those that are up to date on their mlr trivia he actually played for the utah warriors in the 2019 season so i think i played yeah. against him a couple times um which was awesome. So, coming in as a new coach to a league, having some experience and understanding of the landscape here in America has helped him a lot. Um, and he's got a you know a plethora of experienced players um, to coach that he can kind of lean on and uh, and help him through. But uh, he's he's energetic. He's he's got a great outlook on the game and. Um, He's fitting really well. He loves New York. He's got a great spot. Um, every morning he comes in with a smile on his face and still pinching himself that he gets to do something he loves in a city like New York. So, um, yeah, between him and Ben Afiaki, the the forwards coaches come in. They've created a great culture for us, and and hopefully, you know, we haven't dropped off from from where we finished the season, and we can just continue, you know, that that rise.
1: Sam, so you you talked a little bit about some of the uh, some of the changes, right? You talked about some of the players. Some players have have left, some have retired. Andy Ellis certainly is is around, joining the coaching staff, which is cool, right? I think that just kind of means that the culture there is good. If, if, if players want to stick around and continue to be a part of it, some new players have joined, right? Yeah. Tay Walden um, has has he has he joined the club yet? Is he officially? Yep. there? Yeah, Tay, Tay's right here.
0: He's uh, he played in he played in both the trial games, um, and he's asserted himself. You know, he slipped yeah. into the team. You know, seamlessly. He's uh, familiar with a lot of the guys, went to went to college with a couple of boys and, and played rugby with them back in New Zealand. So that familiarity just helps us gel quicker and, and form those relationships on the field. So another guy, you know, brought his young family with him and just loving life in New York here. And another opportunity to, I guess, show his, show his skills. He's pretty hard done by and unlucky with some selections back in uh, the Southern Hemisphere. So and I don't want to call it a lifeline because – you know, he probably had other opportunities, but saw New York as, as an opportunity to get out. You know, of his comfort zone, come to a big city, uh, and then apply his trade at, at a team where he's got some familiar faces and and uh, a team with success. I guess.
1: Yeah, of course. And and, and speaking about familiar faces, you've got a, a fellow Aussie who's joined you yep. this year, Brooklyn Hardaker. I think I pronounced his last yes. name correctly. Um, Of course, a guy named Brooklyn
0: would land the New York (laughs)
1: Ironworkers.
0: Does he get not really? No, it's kind of. I mean, it's everyone probably thinks it, but it's um, not something that we don't. We we live in Brooklyn. Maybe it'd be maybe it'd be a point of you know, you know, I don't know, concern. But no, he's uh, he's he's great. He's obviously had a tough year last year, uh, injury in the preseason. You know, lots of raps on him coming out of high school back in Australia. So um, he's he's nearing. 100% 100% fitness, so everyone's really excited to see what he can bring uh, to the team and, and just see him light it up on the field.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Is there, um you know, Nick Feeks? Certainly, he's he's joined the squad this year. Um, any other players that are new to the squad? Where you're, most Feeksy, is a good one. So I've,
0: I've obviously played against Feeksy for the entirety of the M.L.R. But yeah, uh, a good mate of mine that I grew up with, he was a year or two years above me and my brother's year at school was actually Nick's teacher at. at uh, at high school. So Nick reminds me of that quite regularly and kind of just keeps me grounded and remembering that I am getting on in, in the years. So, uh, he's been great. He's been a great asset to the team as well. He he just brings uh, a lot of character and enthusiasm to trainings and, and, and the whole culture of it. So, um, again, looking forward to playing with him instead of against him because he's quite a tough bony player. Um, and, he, and he's electric, so he's going to light it up this year for sure. And then for us across the board, you mentioned Tay already. Um, and Hamish Dalziel's a new addition to us. We lost Will Tucker. Um, he got a super rugby contract. Uh, and then the, the teams brought in Hamish Dalziel, another lock from New Zealand. Brad Tucker uh, from Seattle, obviously a massive addition for us. So um, we, didn't, we didn't lose too many guys, but the guys that we did lose, I think we replaced them with, you know, equal if not better players so really exciting for us as a squad to to continue the form we showed towards the end of last year and and hopefully continue on starting this weekend
1: speaking of um, more exciting changes brand new venue right memorial stadium in uh, mount vernon so no no longer you know having that high school feel (laughs) with the basketball court in the background which you know honestly watching it on tv on the rugby network it looks kind of cool because you would see people like stop and be like what is going on over there um but yeah, how excited are the players to play? I guess in a, like a I yeah, it's it's venue. a home for us
0: now, and that's what New York struggled with for their their existence. Really, you know, they're out at Coney Island, and then they're out here in, at Cavern Point, and then Hoboken, and now it's out in Queens. So um, to have a home and to sort of have a home that's going to be there for a few years for us makes it easier to build that community and, and and draw those fans out to to come to us consistently. Uh, we didn't have a lot of success at home last year and we played really well on the road. So partly due to the fact that we probably weren't that comfortable in our own home field. So this provides us with a, with a venue to, to make our own and, and to, you know, to fortify and make it a fortress. Um, and it'll attract, you know, it's north of the city. So there's lots of rugby fans sort of north of Manhattan, up towards Connecticut, Westchester, that area, uh, Hoboken might've been a bit far for them to come. It's quite accessible from the city, Metro North You get there in 30 minutes. Um, so hopefully – and it's in quite a quite a nice little area of, of, of the town up there where there's a bit of a few other sporting fields and activity going on. So hopefully we're going to draw good crowds, uh, and then we, we put the product on the field that gets people to want to come back the following week.
2: You know, Sam, um, but there is a downside here possibly, or possibly for your opponents. Uh, the new place you're playing at is a little further commute <laughs> for the Butcher. Uh, he may end up killing someone dealing with that kind of traffic. Uh, Dylan's all about it. He'll,
0: he'll, he'll travel across the world to play a game of footy for, uh, for the boys. So uh, he's he's there's no more passionate man in this city about, about the ironworkers than Dylan. So um, you put some lines on the ground and, and he'll run out and, and put his body on the line for the boys. So he's excited.
1: Nice. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about um, the two preseason games. You guys played uh, Toronto and then uh, Oak Lory, D.C. Toronto, that was interesting. That was, that was played in Michigan. Um, you know, preseason, right? Did Did the team maybe like hold back a little bit, meaning like not reveal certain maybe like tactics or what was kind of the game plan going into some of those? Yeah, I I wouldn't say
0: we held back anything, and it was just a you know both times. The first game for sure was a chance for us um, just to run some of our systems and, and get comfortable not running into each other and, and playing against an opposition uh, give the coaches a chance to see different combinations uh, some of the younger guys who are probably trying to get some game time or earn earn a spot in the 23 gave them a chance to see how they handle this next level of rugby and, and the professional game um, and and you know there wasn't much trial and error it was it was the systems that that were looking to play throughout the year and just a chance to, to stretch the legs and and see how all the boys pull up after 80 minutes of rugby so the second week against DC nothing really changed from from the first week a few different combinations and rotations in the squad but um, for us the short runway of the preseason doesn't really allow you the the luxury of, of you know holding back too much um, so you kind of have to throw it all out there and, and see how it goes and then and then work off that so I think we got a lot of out of it it was really positive uh, trip to, to Detroit was great it was a nice indoor facility where we played and um, mm-hmm and then that dc set up at the st james is, is class as well so um, we'll see both those teams twice throughout the year um, so again good to good to get a match up against them early on
1: yeah absolutely and let's talk about the opening weekend it's it's right here i think we're all uh, really excited certainly i think the marquee matches you know the the mlr shield final rematch uh, so during, you know, you talked a little bit about rotating guys through and, and competition for, for roster balance on the, on the match day 23. But during the preseason, how much of your prep was specifically, say, for this weekend's match to prepare for round one to prepare uh, for Seattle?
0: We had, so we played DC a couple of weeks ago, and then it was, we had a weekend off last weekend. So, you know, arguably, you know, probably the last two weeks has been preparation for, for this game against Seattle. Uh that's you know, the old cliche, but we're not looking too far ahead. We've got a, an old, you know, a challenge ahead of us traveling across mm-hmm. the country and, and facing Seattle, who will be out for revenge. There's no doubt about that. And I think the target on our back you know, will be... Everyone's aiming at that across the whole competition. So um, new competition, new players, new squads across the league. So round one's always a funny one because you don't have a lot of film or, or footage to go over uh, of their previous games. So um, hard to... Kind of work out how you're going to attack these teams, and and you just probably shift the focus more to your own game and and make sure we've got everything in the right place, and then deal with it on the day.
2: And you're like you said, you're you know, obviously the team is going to be out for you. Seattle is. Uh, let's talk about that hostile territory. Also, Seattle has created an electrifying atmosphere with the fans and overall entertainment. They do a great job there with that whole deal. You know, what's the key going into that environment and coming out Yeah, really. I
0: had the the pleasure of playing Seattle in Seattle my first five months in the country back in 2017 mm-hmm. I played half a season with the Seattle Saracens now Seattle Rugby Club and then first year of I want to be in the second year of, of the MLR we travelled up there and That was my first experience of Starfire twenty eight twenty nineteen 2019, I guess it was. And it's, it's hostile, it's probably the best term, but in the, you know, in the best, in the best, the most (laughs) respectful way, you know, the fans are great. They're passionate. They make a lot of noise and it's a great venue. So, um, for us, it's, it's just nailing our roles, really. That's, that's what we have to make sure we do make sure everyone's on the same page maybe talk a little bit louder or yell a little bit louder at my scrum house or or, or outside backs pitches pictures and whatnot and then uh, and then just get on with the game and and if we play well we can try and quieten the crowd and prevent Seattle from getting an upper hand and and, and fueling that fire that comes from the stand so um, yeah winter in the Pacific Northwest isn't you know isn't pretty but uh, that's another thing you know, I hope the crowd comes out to support Seattle and and we put on a good show uh, Sam you know this weekend's results aside
2: are you know, what are the expectations for the side you know obviously the goal is to get back to the finals but uh is it that or bust
0: yes i guess i think that's probably the in in the easiest way to answer that um we've set our sights on yeah. going back to back and we definitely we're confident that we've got the squad and the players and, and the setup to do it so um we don't like to look that far ahead but for us you know that end goal is definitely raising that shield again um I think the enjoyment and the satisfaction and a bit of relief that the boys got last year from lifting it was you know it's like a drug isn't it you want you just want to experience it again and again so guys in the squad that were there last year and are playing again this year you know we're all a year older and you know you don't you, you don't want to finish with any regrets and whatnot um so for us it's you know it's a it's a chance to go back to back Seattle have done it no reason why we can't so that's definitely where our end goal is but uh looking across the, the squads and the teams that, that have come into the league this year, it's it's going to be harder than it was last year, harder than it was the year before that. So everyone's leveled up and, and everyone's mm-hmm. gunning for that, that number one spot. So really exciting season. You know, the MLR has gone from strength to strength. Um, a few hiccups in the offseason. But, you know, I think this year is probably going to be one of the most highly competitive seasons we've seen over the last couple of years.
2: All right. Well, with that said, let's go to our first listener. Uh, we have our, our friend Stephen Lowen. How are you, Stephen? I'm good. How's it going? Hey, Steven. Awesome. What's going on? Uh, not a whole lot. Hey, Sam, uh, quick question. So I was at the uh, preseason game um, in Michigan and maybe it was just the facility, it being indoors. But uh, those tackles sounded the contact. was. It was really physical, really hard hitting. I mean, did y'all dial back the intensity for preseason games? How much of that is on the forefront? I liked, liked how uh, Bill gave the
0: intro, of the hard-hitting fly halves, which I don't think I've ever been called a hard-hitting fly half. So <laughs> I, uh, I don't think I was one of those players putting on those big hits, but there was definitely no dialing back in those games, you know, preseason or, or, or league game, as soon as you, you ease off the gas, you know. There's, there's going to be injuries and there's going to be probably more pain. So uh, boys are playing for position. Two trial games, four and a half, five week preseason. You need to take every opportunity. So uh, we knew Toronto were a physical a physical side and they were going to bring it. So we had to match them and um, that was boys going you know toe to toe 100 for for 80 minutes. So um, there were some sore bodies on the plane going home in the next day for sure.
1: Awesome, thanks. Well, I appreciate Cheers, the bro. answer. I hope to see
0: it some more games.
1: Yeah, absolutely. See ya. Good stuff, Stephen. always says Stephen always has the best questions. And good luck in finishing the M L R round one. <laughs> uh, we'll tell Sam about that maybe at the end of the episode. I did MLR have a, a
0: I movie. did have a look through Twitter. Uh, I saw the squads come out uh, and who everyone picks. So it's, I'm, I'm interested by. I mean, I'm am obsessed with fantasy NFL, so um, I've got I've got a lot of time for that. Well, but right. I can't be. Well, I, we
2: apologize.
0: Neither one of us picked. Who did? I was. I, trying to work out, but it was either. Might it be James. Was it James Dealy? Was it James? It oh, might have been, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> of course. Of course, we get to talk fantasy for
2: it, <laughs> <laughs> We're both losing. We're not going to win this league, obviously. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Sam, every time I was just about to pick a guy uh, in front of yeah. me, got you. So, you know, <laughs> <it was> like, <laughs> But, um, uh let's well let's talk a little bit mlr honors here for a second you were the you were the 25th player in uh, in mlr history to reach 50 caps it's quite the achievement there for sure you know you you've been in the league since the beginning you mentioned that um what was your impression of the league that first season and how has it changed uh, since? my season? impression
0: you know it was exciting i think it's probably the best way to explain that that first year it was uh we in Houston, we, we played. I think it was thirteen games or maybe sixteen games before the start of the season. We need, we, you know, we tried to drive uh, the attraction to the Houston market. You know from an early part of twenty seventeen, uh, and then we played an exhibition series at the Baseball Stadium. Um, and it, then it was you know there was seven teams in it the first year, so I think that kind of wet the appetites for people around the country, and uh, it was definitely promising. You know we got through that year. And then the, you know, people were interested in it and the interest grew and grew and grew and then more teams started to come in. So um, it's been a steady rise in quality of, of the product, obviously quality of the players, uh, production uh, and, and the whole makeup of the league. So um, you know, I'm hoping that it can get to the heights it deserves and, and kind of become a, you know, a prominent professional league, you know, alongside of, you know, the, the Japanese top league and even the ITA might 10 Cup Um those sorts of leagues is, is where I think this league can get to, and I think we're on the right track. It's probably not going to come as soon as everyone had hoped, but a little bit of patience, and I think we'll be there.
1: And Sam, I looked it up, and thank you, Stephen, for filling this in, but Dankest Anchors is the okay. team name. He drafted you, Sam, so you're you're on the Dankest, right. the Dankest nice. Anchors. Great name. I'll hopefully <laughs> do him <them> proud. <laughs> <laughs> I want to... Uh, I want, to, I want to touch here a little bit um, on, on your bio here. So I'm I'm going to try my best to pronounce the name of this sure. the town you were born in. But is it
0: that's good? Bungendor. Bungendor yeah, Bungendor. Yeah. Okay.
1: And does it get shortened to like Bungers? Bungie? Bungers.
0: Yeah. Bungers. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Bungers.
0: Wow. That's it. So. So that's About yeah, about uh, right. 30, 40 minutes east towards the the coast. Uh, about an hour from the south coast, as it's called back home. So, mum and dad, uh, about ten acre yeah. property just outside of the town on Lake George. Uh, went to school in Canberra, um, and then spent yeah. some time in Sydney after I was about nineteen and twenty.
1: Very nice. I uh, I studied abroad at the yep. University of Wollongong. Yeah, had a blast. Easy easy mm-hmm. trip up to Sydney. Easy trip down the coast, but. always this is i've always wanted to know and i've asked people and they've always laughed at me but where does the australian bush end and the outback (laughs) officially begin is there a clear line of demarcation so there is
0: the great dividing range is is a mountain range that runs up the eastern seaboard so you could probably argue that might be where the bush ends and the outback starts so it divides i guess the coast from the inland uh But, no, there's probably no geographical marker that separates here's the outback and here's the bush. So, yeah, it'll be person-to-person. The outback is the bush and the bush is the outback. We've obviously ran out of (laughs) hard-hitting questions. Uh, Hey,
2: with that said, uh, I've been looking at the people listening in on Instagram Live and others. Uh, I just want to say, USA hooker Capelli Piffoletti, go to bed. It's like 1.30 in the morning over there. (laughs) 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 All right, with that said, all right. Um, uh, Sam, so according to our research team, AKA, um, Wikipedia, y- you've, you've, you're quite the rugby world traveling, you know, obviously Australia and, um, Ireland, right. Was that Correct. accurate? Ulster. Um, and obviously USA for the last six years. But, uh, when you first got the idea, you could play overseas. I mean, did you ever think you never, up in the America? No, I wouldn't have,
0: I would never have guessed that yeah. I would have come here. So my grandfather was born, born in Cork, migrated to Australia in the early 1900s. Mm. So got the uh, Irish passport not long after I graduated high school. Um, was you know was determined to to crack it into the Brumby setup, um, play for my local team. Mm-hmm. Had a couple of cracks at it. Went to Sydney, played some club footy. <clears throat> Pardon me, and then uh, and now nothing sort of came of it. So went back overseas. Came back, played two years in London, uh, Blackheath Rugby Club there with my brother. So we played. You know, juniors growing up, and then we Damn. had to play when I graduated high school for the Queenian Whites, the local team uh, just outside of Canberra, and then he moved overseas. So, uh, you know, the opportunity to play with him overseas was great. Spent two good years with Blackheath, and then came back to have another shot at the Brumbies, and all to no avail. But that opened doors overseas, and I got to travel again back to back to Ireland. Uh, got to train alongside the likes of Brian O'Driscoll, Jimmy Gopth, you know, oh, nice. some absolute all stars of the game. Um, and then eventually landed in in Ulster after a short uh, a short spell at Worcester, and uh, that was where you know I thought I was going to spend a long time. And while I was in London, we had a trip to to the States at the end of the season for a bit of a rugby tour, and that's where I would I would meet my eventual wife. So on tour with the boys bumped into hmm. becker in a in a in a bar in vegas and then four years later we we started dating and that's <laughs> how i ended up in the states so uh grateful for that uh for that occurrence and that that chance meeting and then uh yeah it was a bit of a gamble i left my my i was halfway through my second year at ulster and, and just wasn't really enjoying my rugby and needed needed to change you know, a bit of a sea change so um Got a release out yeah. of my contract. It was all amicable there. And I uh, got a lot of love for the, for the north coast of Ireland um, and came to America hoping that something was going to come of pro rugby back in 2016. And, um, yeah, went up to Seattle and then the MLR was here the next year.
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny. You don't often hear, or I wish I would often hear that when you meet a a woman or man, whatever, in Vegas, that you quickly ran to that little chapel with uh, Elvis Presley and got married. But it that wasn't,
0: wasn't the case. Was, huh? no, def- no, I don't even think we, we we probably joked about it at one stage. <laughs> Wait, were you, been, okay? Uh, yeah, we definitely joked about it after the fact when we we stayed in touch over the next the next few years, and I uh, just became really good mates and then it was it was actually a seamless transition from pen pals basically to boyfriend and girlfriend. So um, she's loved it. I, you know, there you go. she uh, she's been with me since the start. I dragged her to Texas. She grew up in North Carolina and never thought she'd live in Texas. So she was there for four years with me and she loves the the east coast and New York. So the opportunity to come here and to put her in an environment where she was gonna thrive and, and enjoy life was almost more important to where i would end up playing my rugby i could happily play anywhere in the world so um the opportunity to come here and give her something back was was too good to pass up
2: all right uh, two more questions for you sam um i got one for you and fitzy's got a um a, a bit of a new york city question for you but um you've been in the league for a little bit for a while now uh and i forget you know i was i was distracted earlier so hopefully he didn't ask this question already um what was your impression of the league to begin with and how much does that change yeah, until um, now? I probably didn't answer
0: it as well as I could have before, but yeah, that's why I'm asking <laughs> again. I got that. I'm, I'm not sure <laughs> I answered that question. Uh, the first impressions were great. We, I, I probably took a roundabout way of saying we, we played a lot of club teams in our in our preseason, and then we probably thought we yeah. were prepared for for the level of competition in the MLR, and and you know everyone was above where we were. Uh, so I was probably surprised by the standard in that first year, but haven't been surprised every year since that it's got better and better and better just because of the attraction of coming to play rugby out here in the States. Um, young players coming through local players, coming through an opportunity to play professional sports. So, you know, I, I the joke about, you know, the sleeping giant in the US I think is probably long gone, but now, now it's a legitimate slow burn to, to make this, you know, this country a powerhouse in men's and, and women's rugby. So, um, Fortunately, we have the MLR, and hopefully, it's not too long before you know, the women aren't forced to go across to play in, in England and other parts of the world. And there's a professional league for them here so to grow the game as well. Mm-hmm.
1: No, that's a great answer, Sam. Um, and I need to do a better job of, of telling Bill that he needs to get down with the New York new branding because it's not Rugby New York anymore. It's New York <laughs> oh. Iron Workers. So, Bill will work on that.
2: My, no,
0: you look at go sure to website. It is Rugby it. New York Iron <laughs> Workers. So, technically, you're both right. So, we'll, we'll give it a pass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <There you laughs> Suck
1: it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, I got uh, one question before uh, we get you out of here, and I cut uh, Bill's mic off. But um, <laughs> you've been in New York City for a couple of years now. What is your favorite place to eat? Uh, in New York it's City? a good
0: one. Uh, big fan of Italian food. There's a little little restaurant in the in the West Village called Canto. Um, really, really good spot. Ruby Rose's uh, staple in New York. Little pizza joint in Soho. Tough to get a table but uh, very popular uh, but yeah, probably Canto we, uh, we've had a couple of nice dinners there uh, in, the, in the West Village, I love Greenwich Village I'll go in there, off days or whatnot just get on the park, mm-hmm. get off, grab a coffee walk around, see a few celebrities grab a sandwich from the deli <laughs> sit in the park, just watch people watch for you know, however long it's, it's, it's a very, very, very nice place to be and, and to have that luxury of just getting out of the house and enjoying the city is, is very cool Few celebrities, like no one walks up to you and says, "Hey, are you Sam oh, that'll be the, that'll be. The <laughs> it's place. rugby, I know. <laughs> to be honest, I could say the people, who, not celebrities, but as big as New York is, the occurrences of bumping into people that you know just in the middle of Fifth Avenue or yeah. something, or getting out of a cab in Tribeca is is ridiculous. It's you know you don't expect to run into people, and then you're like, "Hang on, that person's from." from my hometown and you're like what the hell so it's quite it's, those kind of things is great and that's that's the beauty about this city and and rugby as well you run into people who you know from back home or they're friends with your neighbor or something like that so it is uh it's definitely a melting pot of of rugby nuts this city
2: all right hey sam Windsor, thank you so much for joining us uh really appreciate you giving us your time here good luck this weekend appreciate and it, luck thanks season. for having me on
0: have a good night cheers, all right,
2: cheers. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in so far for this last 30 minutes. Uh, Awesome conversation with Sam Windsor from Rugby New York Iron Workers. Pissy, hear that? Rugby New York Iron (laughs) Workers. (laughs) Anyway. Hey, fans, thank you for tuning in to this replay of Twitter Spaces USA Rugby Happy Hour Live. That was just the first half of the show. Be sure to check out the second half as well and previous shows here on the USA Rugby Happy Hour Live podcast on your favorite podcast player. Now, Go check out the other shows.